The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the better priesthood of Melchizedek found in Hebrews chapter 7. Of course, Melchizedek is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the point of his story in Scripture is to show us that Christ's high priesthood is a better high priesthood than that of the Levites. Join us today as we continue looking at this great high priesthood of Christ and how much better it was than that of the priests under the law. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Melchizedek wasn't a Levitical priest for just the Israelites. His priesthood extended well beyond the borders of Israel, okay? Now, here's the important point that I'm trying to make, and I think he's trying to teach us here. God has a people in every nation, in every kindred, and tongue, and people. And here, even in the Old Testament, if those Jews had just read and been aware and, and thought about it a little bit, even here in the Old Testament, in the time of Abraham, we see that the reach of God's grace extended beyond Israel into all the world. You know, that's what Jesus said, other sheep I have that are not of this fold. That's what he was talking about. There were other sheep, even in Abraham's day, that weren't under the fold of Judaism and under the fold of the law service, but yet they were still children of God. That's... He was a priest for all the people, all kinds of people. And notice something else here. He was a priest for all time, for all time, okay? Now, I'm not going to go back. I'll let you go back and search this out. But just understand that Levitical priests did not begin their service as priests until a certain age. They reached a certain age, and then they served as priests for a certain period of time, and then they aged out. They had a mandatory retirement age. I think it was around 50 or 55. I can't remember. But we're told that Jesus was made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Look at what he says. He says, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. 
Melchizedek didn't have a beginning date. He didn't have an ending date. Certainly, he as a human being died. And ultimately, those Levitical priests would ultimately pass away. But, but here, based on the information we're given in Scripture and the type that we're given because of that information, Jesus Christ was not like that. He, he abides continually as a high priest, just like Melchizedek. Now, going back to sort of reiterate, the important point here is that the order of the Melchizedekian priesthood had no recorded beginning. Likewise, the priesthood of Christ has had no actual beginning. He was always our great high priest. The order of the Melchizedekian priesthood had no recorded ending. Likewise, the priesthood of Christ will actually never end. He is a priest forever. Something else about the Levitical priests is sometimes they'd swap it up. You remember Zacharias over there? He was serving his year in the temple. And when he had the encounter with Gabriel, the angel there, and he told him about the birth of John the Baptist, they would swap it up. They would serve for a period of time and others would take their place. Jesus never swaps out with anybody. Understand that Jesus Christ is always our high priest. He doesn't have to swap out because he is the perfect high priest of a better order. He says in verse 12 here, For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. We'll come back to that in a moment. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. Remember what we said about the, the Levitical priests? You could only be a priest if you were of the tribe of Levi. Jesus was not of the tribe of Levi. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. He did not qualify to be a Levitical priest. Those Jews knew that. So when Paul or Peter or the writer here of Hebrews, I believe it was Paul, said he is a high priest, they said, oh, he can't be. Because Levi is the only ones that can be high priests. But he's not a high priest of the Levitical order. He's a high priest of the Melchizedekian order. He's a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And he says, it is, uh, it is evident, verse 14, that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. You see, we don't ever have to get into that argument with him. Because he's not a priest, according to Levi. And it is far yet more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. You see, here we find Jesus Christ, unlike those Levitical priests, who endures and abides forever as priests because he has an endless life. That's the better priesthood that we have under him. It's better in every way than the Levitical priesthood. But now notice as we begin looking in verse 17 down through verse 19, we read about something else that's better. We have a better hope. For he testified, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. This kind of sums up where we are so far. You see, Christ is this high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, not Levi, because there had to be a change in the commandments. There's a disannulling. That is, there had to be 
uh, it had to be done away with in the sense of it had to end. Now, it didn't, you know, it wasn't destroyed. Christ fulfilled the law. But those ceremonial aspects of the law were weak and unprofitable. And we're told that the law didn't make anything perfect. There are those today who struggle to render law service in order to go to heaven. We read about over in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, some Jews that had a zeal for God. They were children of God. But they were not going about, they were going about to establish their own righteousness and had not submitted themselves to the righteousness of Christ. They had not, they had not understood that Jesus Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Now, the law sets forth the standard of righteousness, but the problem is you and I can't keep it. We can't keep the law. In fact, you know, we maybe can keep many aspects of it. I haven't robbed a bank lately, you know. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gone and stolen from uh, the office that I work for lately. You know, I haven't, I haven't uh, murdered anybody lately. But guess what? I might not have done those, but I've broken some commandments. I might have thought it. I might have wanted to, and that's breaking the commandments by, in spirit, and that's just as bad because, and if, you, and if you break one law, you're guilty of all. See, that's the problem. The law demands perfection. God, God's justice demands perfection, and we couldn't render that. And that's why the law made nothing perfect, but guess what? We're not hopeless. In fact, there's a better hope than the hope those Jews had, which was if we just keep the law, we can live. And this is the better hope, that Jesus Christ kept the law to a jot and to a tittle. And because he kept the law and then he died for us, our perfect sacrifice, the perfect one who, who committed no sin whatsoever, even in his thought life, his righteousness is imputed to us. That's the better hope. And it's by that better hope that we draw nigh to God. Paul tells us over in the book of Galatians that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It wasn't a master to get us to heaven. It was to point us toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And that better hope is so much better than the law of service. And that brings us to a better testament. And what's a testament? It's just a covenant. It's it's, a, it's a, a contract, if you will, and it's, a, it's, it's the Old Testament versus the New Testament. We call uh, those books, those first 39 books of the Bible, the Old Testament. It's that old covenant. It was a covenant of public worship that necessarily had to end because we could not keep the law. Ultimately, the New Testament, which points us to the perfect covenant, that was entered into before the foundation of the world between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is a better testament than that testament that had to do with the sacrifice of bulls and goats. You remember back in verse 12, we already said, I said this when we looked at it, we'd come back to it. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. The law had to change for Christ to be high priest. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The law of God was perfect. There was nothing wrong with the law. The, law, the problem with the law was us. And it wasn't that there was some imperfection in the law 
And, and the fact the law itself, you know, never changed or had to be amended. But in order for Christ to be our high priest, there had to be some change. You see, there is made necessity a change of the law because the high priesthood could not be Christ's without that change. We said in verse 11, if, there, if the Levitical priesthood had been perfect, there would have been no need for a new one. But otherwise, why would God have said in Psalms? And so many times here repeated that Christ was a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And the answer was, as we've already seen, that the Levitical priesthood was not perfect. There were problems with the Levitical priesthood. It wasn't the priesthood itself. <laughs> it was the priests. It was the ones who filled that role. So beginning here in verse 19, we're beginning to see that there was clearly a change that came with Christ. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And inasmuch not without an oath he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath, by him that saith unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Notice what he's saying here. He's saying, when you were a priest under the Levitical law, you didn't have to swear an oath. You weren't sworn in, so to speak. You just inherited it. And by the way, by just inheriting it, it didn't assure that you'd be righteous, did it? I mean, think about Phineas and uh, the other son of Eli over there who were just as wicked as they could be, and yet they were priests. You think about the two sons of Aaron that burned the strange fire on the altar and were slain. They were wicked, and yet they inherited the priesthood. But we're told that Melchizedek was the king of righteousness. And likewise, Christ is our king of righteousness, our high priest of righteousness. And here he says that there had to be an oath for Christ to become our high priest. God swore an oath. I say there had to be. God did swear an oath. He said, I have sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. No priest was ever sworn in by God except the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> he was sworn in by God. And notice in verse 22, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. A better covenant here, you see. Clearly a change came by Christ. And that's why, beloved, we don't follow all those ceremonial aspects of the law. The sacrifices, all those, including the Levitical priesthood, are ended with the coming of Christ. Over in Hebrews chapter 9, we'll come to that eventually, but just flipping over a page there in chapter 9 and verse 10, he talks about in leading up to verse 10 about the figure of all the sacrifices. And we're told that these figures stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. That word reformation is it's only used one time like that in the scripture. That's the only time that Greek word is used in the entire New Testament. And it means a making straight or a restoring to the natural and normal condition that something was in before something started to protrude or get out of line. Like I said, it occurs this one time in the Bible. And here's the point. There was one time there was a reformation of all that old ceremonial law. Jesus didn't abolish it, but he fulfilled it. And now there's something better. We don't sacrifice. We don't circumcise. 
We don't burn incense and no baptism doesn't take the place of some covenant from the Old Testament. Uh, none of the ceremonial aspects of the law remain, only the moral code. You see, if any of it remained, we'd have to take all of it. You say, well, this part of the ceremonial, well, then just take it all. You have to. You have to. Verse 23, and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. You know, one of the basic problems with the Levitical priesthood or the law-based priesthood was the ever-present fact of death. Notice here, he said, there were many priests, many, and I couldn't even count them. And I'm not just talking about high priests. There were all kinds of other priests. There were, you might could count the high priests, but I don't think we have them all recorded in Scripture. But there were many priests, hundreds if thousands of priests throughout the centuries. And the reason for that is because they did not live forever. They died. And when they died, somebody had to take their place. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable Priesthood. That is one, he has a priesthood that doesn't pass from one to the other. And now we get to the really the heart of the whole matter here in verse 25. This is the great summation of the better priesthood of Christ, the better hope that we have based upon the better testament. Notice what he says, wherefore. You see, if all we had was a Levitical priesthood, we'd have some problems. But because Christ is a high priest forever... And what's a high priest do? He makes sacrifices on our behalf. Christ sacrificed himself. We're going to see he's the better sacrifice when we get over to that chapter. He's the intercessor. He's the one that intercedes. You know, I'm thankful to be your pastor. It's a blessing above all blessings. But if the Lord tarries, I won't always be your pastor. Someone will have to take my place. I try to intercede for you. I try to pray for you on a daily basis and try to lift you up before the throne of grace and do the best I can as a fellow human being who's flawed and sinful. But yet I try to intercede where I can and help you out where I can. But somebody will have to take my place one day. But you see, the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't pass his priesthood from one to the next. I have to pass the pastorship of this church down over to the next person one day. But Jesus Christ continueth ever. And because of that, wherefore, because of all of this we've talking about, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You see, this is the great summation of why his priesthood is better. Christ is better because he ever liveth. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's never going to be in a situation where he's not there for us. There's never going to be a time when you can't go to Christ and you can't bear your burdens to him and he doesn't, is not able to intercede for you. And ultimately and most importantly, he has interceded already for us in the righteousness, in the righteous law of God. He has interceded for us in the sense that he has taken upon himself the burden of our sins and he has paid the debt. See, that's the greatest intercession there is. How could he do that? Well... Look at verse 26. For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. <laughs> you see, he's better because he ever liveth, and he's better because he had no sin. 
He had no sin. He was made higher than the heavens. Look at verse 27. He needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. He's better because he had no sin that he had to sacrifice for. All the high priests, you know, when they go in on the Day of Atonement, the first thing they had to do is wash and clothe themselves properly and sacrifice for themselves. And then they could sacrifice for the people. But Jesus Christ made one sacrifice. He did once, this he did once, when he offered up himself. And he's better because he was made a high priest by the very oath of God, as we've already seen. Look at verse 28. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the Son who is consecrated forevermore. Those men, as I said, they inherited the priesthood. It didn't matter what their moral qualities were. You know, there were things that could disqualify them, but those would manifest over time that may have been there all along. But Christ was made our high priest by an oath from God. He said, I have sworn and will not repent. Thou art a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So, remember... The primary theme of the book of Hebrews is better. Christ is better than what we had under the law. Better in everything. Better priesthood. A better hope. A better testament. I like that penultimate verse here. Verse 25. Because you see, because we have a better high priest and because it's a better hope based on a better testament, we can have confidence that he is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God by him. Now, how do we come to God by him? We can't come to him in our flesh, in our natural man. You know, he says, no man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. But praise God, he draws his children to him. And those that come to him and become aware of the grace that's been given to them we can trust that this better high priest has saved us to the uttermost. And that doesn't just mean in eternity. That also means here and now. You know that you can trust him every day. He loves you with an everlasting love. And that means the next time you get in trouble, the next time you struggle with sin, the next time you're having problems at work and you feel persecuted and put upon, that means you can trust him. See, he cannot just save you a little bit. He can save you to the uttermost. That means everything. Praise God for our better high priest. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening.
May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.